With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, wonderful listener. This is Christina. If you love these podcasts, please make sure to rate each episode, leave a review, and subscribe on the app or platform you listen in on and share with others. It really is a great way to support my work and helps so much. Also, if you want to watch the video of the show, the link to my YouTube channel is below. Welcome to Strange Weekly News. In this show, we'll be taking a look into the news and headlines to pick out curious reports of the strange, weird, and mysterious. Anything from UFO news to science advancements, the paranormal, and stuff labeled fringe science and fringe phenomena. Each news item we go over in the show, I will put all the links to them in the description box below once this live show is over, as well as chapters on the timeline index. Welcome to all my first-time viewers and listeners. Hi there. I hope you find this show informative and that you'll subscribe to this channel and check out my other shows and content. Please make sure to share this video with anyone or groups or forums for those who you think will be interested because the growth of this channel has a lot to do with you. I'd love to say hello to everyone in the chat. Jessica, hello, and also my moderator. I appreciate you. John Aside, also another mod. Appreciate you too. Hi, David. Brown Dwarf, another mod. Thank you. My eyes, Woods, 
deranged lunatic. Thank you so much for the super sticker. Hi, Andrew. Goraji, yes. Hello, disembodied spirits. Linda, Brian, Disco, got a full house. Hi, Rose. Hello, everyone. Before we get started, I obviously have to bring in our co-host, Puck the Puck Wedgie. For those, again, that are new viewers and listeners, Puck the Puck Wedgie is a Puck Wedgie from the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts, a little mischievous goblin. And I fell in love with his name, Puck Wedgie, that now I have this obsession with, with everything to do with them. So before we start, I would like to mention that the new show, The Unknown Zone, is on Mondays at 10 a.m. PST. This last Monday was on the mysteries of portals and wormholes. On Tuesday, we had paranormal investigator Dave Schrader. He was my guest, guest on Shifting the Paradigm. And I want to say thank you to everyone that gave such positive feedback um, when it came to talking about him and the way that he portrayed himself um, during the interview. Once again, I received such good feedback to the point where I called him yesterday and I'm like, Dave, I need to have you on more often. Everyone loves you. Uh, and then on Thursday on Mysteries with a History that Jimmy Church co-hosts with me was on Mysterious Disappearances. That was a really awesome show and also got really fantastic feedback on. So thank you for everyone that comments um, in the comment section on YouTube and also everyone in the live chat. And if you are listening to this on a podcast write a review. It's great to rate what you think of the show is because again, we do four shows a week on this channel. That's a lot of content. And it's a lot of different topics that we cover. But I think Weekly Strange News might have to be my favorite show of the week because we cover so many different articles touching on literally everything. And I get to be super interactive with everyone in the live chat. Al says, woo, Pukwudgie, yay. <laughs> yo, 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 Edward. I like that. Hello, Tyler, Tina, Be the Arrow. That's a cool name. I like that one. Greetings. So let's get into our first article. And it's actually a UFO sighting in Rome, New York. I'm going to share my screen here just of a picture just to give a visual aid. This is not an actual picture that was taken for this recent sighting. And I say recent because when you see this picture, you're like, okay, yeah, this is not recent. This is black and white. And it's actually a very famous photo. But again, just a nice visual aid while we go ahead and read this interesting article. So there might have been a UFO right over Rome, New York. Several people have hopped into the comment section on a post in the People, Places, and Opinions of Rome, New York Facebook group saying they all saw a similar object in the sky. The original commenter asked the question, did anyone else see the very shiny metallic object in the sky yesterday, November 9th? We saw it very briefly and then it disappeared quickly. And I felt a, a little like a, a white line in the sky. And as this was, and this was when 
we were coming from Utica, as we got closer to Rome, we saw another white line in the sky. After I got home, I saw another one even further to the south. Don't know what it was, but our suspicion was that it could possibly have been a UFO. I don't know if anyone else saw it, but please let me know. And, well, this person did receive quite a few comments from her original post. And some had stated, we saw them, but I just assumed they were airplanes with the sun shining on them. Another person stated, intelligent life from other planets watching, pointing, and laughing at us. Someone else wrote, drones? And as we know, drones are the new swamp gas, they are the new weather balloons, but it is also something that we do need to consider when we see something strange in the sky. Could it be drones? Could it be satellites? We have to ask these questions. Another person wrote, saw a bunch of streaks in the sky around 4.30 yesterday. I was wondering what they were. Someone else wrote, it's been going on for a while now. Definitely suspicious. Shiny objects and planes leaving trails of smoke or whatever usually starts near dusk. I'm guessing so the trails blend into the night sky, but I'm sure there's a logical explanation and that was written in quotation marks. Maybe it's weather balloons deflating or something. Another commenter stated, our contractor saw something very fast and shiny before one of the helicopters started circling around it. It was last Friday morning. Maybe there was or is some testing going on. But this one is uh, pretty funny that we're going to hear pretty darn often when someone comments about a UFO sighting. And it states, nope, it's aliens. It's definitely aliens. When we start hearing more background on UFOs and sightings, I would like to mention that some of these comments and the original post did have a decent amount of grammatical errors and spelling errors as well. So sometimes like when I'm attempting to read it, it's, it's a little bit difficult because I have to kind of assume in some aspects what they're attempting to say because their sentence structure is a bit hard to read out loud. What's interesting about this article is that at the end, after this, after they commented on the original post and on the comments below that, the author made mention that, as we know, NASA announced that 16 people will spend the next nine months studying unidentified aerial phenomena, also known as UFOs. And by using unclassified data, the team will lay the groundwork for future study of UFOs by examining how the data is gathered by the public, local government, and other sources. The goal is to have a roadmap for NASA's data analysis on the flying objects and determine what events are natural or not. And this was according to USA Today. We've mentioned quite a few times um, about NASA and their new program and how it kind of came up at a very interesting time, publicly at least. And it makes me want to question, have they had groups or programs like this that were kept on the DL, on the down low? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that because at this point in time, it is merely speculation. We don't have the answers to that 
dot, dot, dot yet, but I would definitely like to. But I'm also very interested on what this new program will say about UFOs because I had mentioned NASA had mentioned on Twitter, I think the day of or the day after the program was announced that with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They already don't believe that these odd things that are in the sky are extraterrestrial. And I have the quote, and I, I don't actually have it with me here, but I wrote it down somewhere and I'm about to end up finding it. But if you follow NASA on Twitter, you can probably find it there. And you get the exact quote. Yeah, Goraji. Swamp gas, swamp gas. I know. It's it's the AKA drones. Oh man, it's just it, it can be a little frustrating having this conversation at times when people just kind of want to brush it off so quickly without even doing the research because there is a difference between skeptics and debunkers. And I sometimes people kind of interchange the two titles or the two yeah, titles, status, but uh, no, no. Skeptics are those that are still open-minded and they're looking for the facts, for the data. And then you have debunkers that do not care what you have to say. They do not care the information that you provide. They're going to stick to their opinion without listening to anyone else. And so if someone's going to say they're a debunker, walk the other way. Just don't even bother holding a conversation with them because you're not going to win. And this conversation is not about winning. It's about having an intellectual debate and or just a conversation. But when you're dealing with a debunker, it's not going to happen for you. It's not. And um, let me take a look at this one moment. I need to unhighlight that. We will be covering a few more UFO articles today, which I'm pretty excited. I came across a few and I thought, dang. It's going to be an awesome show today. That's right. Nope. Skeptics can be convinced. Debunkers never. That's right, Goraji. I agree with you there. James says, I guess I'm a skeptic. And it is good to be a skeptic. You need to ask questions. You need to kind of look at people and make sure that they might not be lying to you. No, it is healthy to be a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. But it is not so much a good idea to be a debunker. They're different. They're different. Okay, we are going to move on to our next one because we have quite a few articles today. And this one I actually had saved for last week. But for those that haven't seen last week's show, I had Jimmy Church from Fade to Black Radio and Micah Hanks from the Debrief Media. And we talked about the delayed UAP report. And it's been a week and we still haven't gotten it since that time, which I want to say I am sad. I have a few tears coming out of my eyes because I want that report now. Have it be, have there be no information or have there be information regarding 
this conversation of UAPs. I still want to see the report. They promised us one, and we haven't gotten it yet. Congress allegedly got theirs. What about us, the people? Come on. Well, this next article, when I when I came across this one, I thought, oh, I need to cover it because it is strange. I'm going to share my screen here to take for you to take a look at it. And if you are listening to this on a podcast, jump over to YouTube because this is more of a visual show where I'm always sharing images on the articles that are covered today. Okay, what are we looking at here? We're looking at this scary woman named Mindy and she's got a hunchback. She's got the claw hand. Um, let's see. She's got this like really thick neck. And she apparently has a thicker skull and a smaller brain and a second pair of eyelids. What is going on here? Well, I'm going to read this article to you. Let me actually just zoom out on this just to let you guys look at this and think that it's creepy because it definitely is. So for many people, a moment without your phone or laptop in sight can feel like a lifetime. But a terrifying model may encourage you to spend less time with your devices. Researchers have created a grotesque model called Mindy, which they say provides a glimpse at what humans could look like in less than 800 years as a result of our reliance on technology. <laughs> Freaky. So with a hunched back, wide neck, claw hand, and even a second set of eyelids. Mindy could be the human of 3,000 and beyond. Mindy was created by toll-free forwarding as a way of visualizing how technology affects our bodies. One researcher mentioned, we sourced scientific research and expert opinion on the subject before working with a 3D designer to create a future human whose body has physically changed due to consistent use of smartphones, laptops, and other tech. Years of looking down at our smartphones or kind of up at computer screens will result in a hunched posture, according to the model. I am guilty of this. When I am doing research, have it be for the four shows that we do here a week or even for college. Yeah, my posture is disgusting. It is hunched back. I'm also like slouching in these like most awkward positions on my chair. And sometimes I'll get up, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm at least 100 years old. Everything, everything hurts. And I'm like, I didn't even exercise. Like, why is everything so painful? So can I imagine something like this happening in the future? Absolutely. But I also think that in 800 years, our technology would be so advanced that we're not going to have smartphones. We're not going to have laptops. So I don't know if we'll actually look like this. Obviously, to my understanding, we will not be alive to witness this. Maybe our great-great-grandchildren Maybe they'll look like this, but I, I, I just found this model pretty strange and it makes you think, that's for sure. Oh, but also with this model, I have a few other um, images that kind of give you a close up. Look at this, the double eyelids, and we're going to talk about that one because I think that it's very possible we could get double eyelids in the future. But we had this, just this claw hand <laughs> where our hand is permanently ready for our cell phones. And I love how it's called the text 
claw. You know, people back in the day when texting really became a thing and like the kind of the startup of laptops, that carpal tunnel was going to be a really big issue. And while for some it was, for the majority of people that are on their laptops practically most of the day or on their cell phones, they don't usually suffer from carpal tunnel. But with this this text claw, I think we might get this one. Is <laughs> it is uh it made me laugh a little bit. But also if this is like a, a real thing in 800 years, yeah, I'd be a l I'd be a little bit scared to tad. But let's talk about those double eyelids. Let me go back here. It states from um, the researchers that looked into Mindy and attempted to create a 3D model that humans may develop a larger inner eyelid to prevent exposure to excessive light or the lens of the eye may be evolutionarily developed such that it blocks incoming blue lights but not other high wavelength lights like green, yellow, or red. That one kind of sounds valid. I can expect something like that in 800 years, that if we're still looking at screens at that time, which I don't know if we will, but if we were, right? Yeah, double eyelids, I see it. I see it in our future. Kind of freaky. But see, if everyone looked like this, the the concept of beauty would change. Just like in the episode of The Twilight Zone, and the title was The Eye of the Beholder, where depending on your environment, right, that's how you're going to interpret beauty. And we've seen the change of beauty over the centuries. So in 800 years, Mindy would probably be classified as sexy. I don't know. It might be. I, it's kind of weird thinking about that now, but with that mindset of 800 years from now, be a different story. Jessica says contacts exist. Yeah. Oh, like contacts to like help with the blue light. Cause if so, I would love to have some of those, but also these double eyelids. If there's a contact to make you look like you have double eyelids, great for, you know, television and stuff like that very cool. James says 800 years, eight years. That'll be us in eight years. I hope not. I don't. I'm going to pass on that one. Oof. Kurt says she'll be popular with the boys in 800 years. Yeah, she might be. Again, she'll be, she'll be classified as the attractive one. I, I think so. Well, Al says, I'm glad I'll be dead if this is the future. I was actually just talking to my dad um, this morning and we were reminiscing. Well, I was reminiscing with him about the time period that he was uh, a child. And that was in the, I think, like the late 60s into the 70s. And I'm like, Dad, I'm so jealous. I honestly wish, I truly wish that I was born in 1950 so that I could in, like happily enjoy the 60s, 70s, and 80s where like music was on point. And just from my understanding, because again, I haven't, I wasn't alive during that time period, but it just seemed so wholesome. It seemed so simplistic compared to today that if I could go back in time and be born in a certain time period, 
1950s would be like a hot time period to be born and then to enjoy all those other decades. And he was like, yeah, I know, right? I lived in a great time period. And I'm like, thank you for making me feel jealous, dad. <laughs> well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What did you think about this article? John Aside said, 1970, yeah, my childhood rocked. And, you know, with the TV show Stranger Things, a lot of people from my generation were like, Dude, the 80s, they were a good time because they that TV show portrayed it so well with their their um, fashion and the things that were trending at that time. Um, Dungeons and Dragons was really considered like a cult and talking to the devil. That's not the case anymore. I played D&D when I was in high school, like my junior year, I think. And while I wasn't very good at it, I really enjoyed having that type of creativity but also you have to have a really good dungeon master you do and mine was amazing he was so creative and it was so good Tasaka, thank you so much for the super sticker appreciate that and Tasaka, you are so loved on this chat everyone's like Tasaka. so thank you for stopping by sean says 1967 was the year for three minute pop songs I did not know that. I didn't know that, but that sounds very cool. I feel like it's very appropriate, but also like the music from like the 1920s, 1930s, also jams. You gotta be in the mentality for them. But those were that was that was a good time period-ish, music-wise. Very good. Now, you know, they had World War One, and then you had World War II. Not the best time, but then 1950s. Wow, fantastic time to be born. <sighs> All right, let's get into our next one. Oh, this, this one is also weird. I had it saved for last week, but I'm kind of happy that we're covering it today because you know what? Here on this channel, it's always the spooky season. But I also have a Christmas article for you too. I know, right? Christmas already. As soon as November 1st hit, all the stores have all these Christmas decorations playing Christmas music. And I'm just thinking, I just want to enjoy myself without being bombarded with Christmas. There's not even snow yet. You can't bring in Christmas without the snow. So I now when I go to the store, because literally every store is playing Christmas music right now, I will put in my headphones and listen to 
anything else except Christmas music. So let me share my screen here of uh, this interesting image. What are we looking at here? Oh, I'm going to tell you. So Cleveland-based company Save My Ink Forever offers people the opportunity that to have their tattoos preserved as artworks after they pass away. Okay. When I came, when I saw this article, I thought, let me continue reading this. This is very interesting. Linda says, come on, kiddo, don't be a Scrooge. I'm going to be one. I love, I love Halloween. I like Thanksgiving because I like the season. But um, Christmas music, it's the same five songs since I don't even know when. I don't, I don't know how many more years I can handle it. Same Christmas music. But gingerbread cookies are delicious. And making like little gingerbread houses also super fun. I didn't do that as a kid. I did it once for school and that was like my highlight. Best thing ever. John Side said, I would so do that. Save my ink forever. Well, listen, keep listening because maybe you can do this. So third generation mortician Michael Sherwood and his son Kyle came up with the idea to save my ink forever a few years back while having a few drinks with some friends. One of them said that he would like his ink preserved somehow and asked the Sherwins how he should go about doing that. They laughed at the question at first, but their little, their little buddy kind of pushed the issue and it got the two morticians thinking like, huh, you know what? It's kind of not a bad idea. Let's look into it and let's see what, what we can do and if it's a, a market worth pursuing. Turns out it was, and they're doing pretty darn good. They do have an Instagram. If you do want to see it, they take a lot of pictures of the ink that they have preserved. It's probably called Save My Ink Forever. That should be their Instagram name, and you'll see some other images. But Kyle Sherwood said, we are trying to do this in the most dignified manner possible. To people, some of these things really are pieces of art. It gives that family another option. And instead of just having the remains or the burial, we can still do that. And But they will have a piece of them forever, which is their tattoos. So right before they're either buried or before they're cremated, the skin will kind of be like sliced up, right? Sliced up. They're, they they put this special, um, you know, liquids to preserve it and things like this. And then they give it to the family that wants it. And they can put it up on the wall or something or keep it in the basement. I don't know. Um, but it is something that's kind of cool if, if you have a bunch of tattoos. Save My Ink Forever claims to be the only company in the world with the proper tattoo preservation process. They will not reveal details about it, but they do state that it is a complex process that takes roughly three to four months. <laughs> now, once it's done, no maintenance is required. Once you get this, you're good to go. It'll last you. I have no idea how long because this company just opened up a few years ago. 
but I'm going to assume a decent amount of time. The company has received requests for the preserved tattoos to be turned into book covers or lampshades, but the Sherwoods claim they are trying to fulfill family's last wishes, not create some sort of freak show. I think that's something that I really like about this company is that they're not doing it just for the money to make something that's incredibly unique, but to really fulfill the family's last wishes and to, for some, to give them closure or to give people, give the families a piece of that person that has just passed. It's, uh, depending on your mentality, you either love it or you hate it. Let me know in the live chat, do you love this or do you hate this? I'm, I like the thought behind it. I wouldn't want one. For for me personally, if someone passed on and they're like, hey, do you want my skin? I'm going to say very kindly no. Thank you. I don't even know where I would put it. But that's just me. Kurt says hate. James says nope. Jonathan said my longest session was five hours. Ooh, like a tattoo session? That's a lot of time. Rose says not for me. Gilgamesh says, I wouldn't mind my tats going on after me. Al says, never felt the need myself. Goraji says, hate it. <laughs> it's, a, it, it, it's either you love it or you hate it kind of thing. But it's a very unique company. There's a market for it. And they've been pretty successful. Back in 2018, Save My Ink Forever preserved about 100 tattoos that year alone. Now with all of its, um, you know, online exposure, it's doing a lot more than what how it was in 2018. And it's a process to three to four months to create something like this, to preserve it and make it look darn snazzy. Donna Side said, Jimmy would want my fade to black tat. Seriously. <laughs> Give him the offer. See what he'll say. Thank you so much for the super chat, Donna Side. <laughs> Edward says, talk about skin in the game. That's a funny one. Michael says, I don't have any tattoos. Me neither. I don't have any. I'm not really planning on getting any needles and I. Yeah, we don't really get along. No, I'm going to pass on that one. But also, just a pretty interesting article. This next one is also a little bit morbid. But uh, it's a real concern in Portugal. I'm going to share an image here as a visual aid, while I go ahead and read up on this article, we are looking at a cemetery in Portugal. A series of human bodies mysteriously do not decompose after burial, and this is becoming a crisis in Portugal, where bodies have been observed to naturally mummify after being buried. So under local laws implemented to save space, bodies need to be routinely exhumed so that skeletal remains can be laid to rest in smaller containers. But many just don't decompose, causing trauma for families whose loved ones are repeatedly unearthed only to be put back 
to continue decaying. A fundamental problem is that nobody really knows what happens to bodies buried in coffins. That's what the article stated. Um, I am aware that there actually have been, it has been studied by scientists. There have been cameras placed in coffins to see the decomposition process. Um, I'm not really sure to the extent, but there there is a type of understanding on averagely how long it takes for a body to decompose in a coffin. Now, the more modern ones, it's not the typical, you know, grab some wood, put in a nail, and you're good to go. Yeah, obviously, those will decompose a lot faster. But with the newer ones, it's a longer process. Now, let me, as Jimmy would say, let me take a sip of this coffee. This coffee is not fade to black coffee. It's just coffee with... um cinnamon dulce creamer i think from starbucks and i've said this before if you put too little it tastes metallic it tastes gross if you put a good amount just that hint of cinnamon now how much sugar is in that probably a ton but it's still kind of good mm. i really wanted an excuse to eat cookies so i made a cup of coffee today but I also have water, as I always drink on these shows, because coffee is dehydrating. I know, right? It's kind of weird. Scientists in Portugal are now looking, are, are now working to uncover the cause of this strange mummification. And this kind of concept in Portugal by temporarily moving graves, kind of unearthing people, actually started in the 1960s. When, as you can see in this image, there is just simply no more space to keep burying people. There just is not more space. So they take them out, make sure that they're all nice and bony, right? And then they bury them somewhere else where they can kind of put more skeletons in a smaller space versus having a full-blown person that's still fleshy and stuff that obviously needs more space. Well, since the 1960s, things began to change. So the idea is, is simple. A decomposed body takes up less space and bones can be packed into a smaller coffin and moved to a less spacious final resting place, like in dedicated drawers in the walls of the cemeteries. So as someone in the um, that did the research for this, stated, we don't have space to establish new cemeteries or upgrade cemeteries that already exist in Portugal. So three years after the burial, the deceased family can often receive a letter warning, <laughs> warning them that the remains will need to be moved soon. Can you just imagine you're going, you're going to your mailbox or your PO box, whatever, right? And then you get a letter in the mail. Hey, we're going to, I know you just buried, you know, so-and-so. Yeah, it's been three years. We're actually going to go ahead and, and move that person now. Ah, it's, it's a weird letter. Now, for people living in Portugal, raised in Portugal, it's been happening since the 60s. But imagine, like, you're, 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 you're a foreigner in that country, and you have a loved one buried in Portugal, and you receive that letter. The shock on their face would be extreme. Just like if I were to get that letter, I'd be like, what are you talking about? What on earth do you mean by this? 
those would be my instant thoughts. Just pure confusion. It's weird. Well, if you want to continue reading this article, as I had mentioned at the very beginning, all of the links to these articles will be in the description box below once this live show is over. So you can also read these articles in detail on the ones that you found particularly interesting. In this case, this one is pretty weird. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. We're going to move over on to our next article. This is another UFO sighting. Puck, what do you think about these stories? Do you like them? Just You just see him wink? I think he liked the articles. This one, I'm actually just going to share the same image here um, that I showed a little bit earlier. Again, only as a visual aid. This is not an actual picture taken for the story that we're about to cover today. Just a nice visual aid. Okay. So, Mark Holsey. Now, you've probably heard this name before, but if you haven't, sit tight. We're going to talk about it. So, Mark, a former fighter jet pilot, captured a UFO object on camera while in the air while flying off the coast of Los Angeles. The former fighter pilot radio called air traffic control to report what he had seen off the California coast while flying in August. Mark quickly called air traffic control after takeoff when he spotted an unusual flying object sharing the airspace with him. He states, do you know what those are? As he was talking to air traffic control. And over the course of the next 30 minutes, Mark claimed the single craft multiplied into three more and then three crafts multiplied into seven. So as Mark stated, uh, they just continued to circle about. I was a Marine Corps F-18 pilot, and I can assure you that despite doing my intercepts, I've never seen anything like this. Several of these pilots are certain that the lights were not only traveling in a one way, but in both directions which is unusual for satellites if they were satellites. And this is pretty interesting because Mark wasn't the only one that saw this. There were actually a few other incidents that were radioed into traffic control on that exact same day. So more than 15 different commercial flights observed what Mark had seen. And Ben Hansen goes into detail on this. So if you do want to see the research that he did, go over to his YouTube and check it out because it is a very, very interesting story. Okay, this, we're moving on to our next one. And you know who is a really hot topic right now? Just, I mean, a smoking hot topic is Elon Musk. Now, we are not going to talk about what you think we're going to talk about. No. We are actually looking at the Neuralink technology. So this piece of tech has already shocked the world, showing a monkey playing ping pong with its thoughts. How many of you saw that video that came out relatively not that long ago, but like decently? long ago, I guess. When it comes to like the internet age, 
if it wasn't last week, it's already old news. But it's still, it's still pretty new. Well, the main goal is to implant the chip into people's brains, allowing those with paralysis to control things like smartphones and computers. An update was due to um, be presented by the firm on October 31st, but Elon Musk said that it would now take place a month later on November 30th. He simply tweeted, Neuralink show and tell now on November 30th. Founded in 2016, Neuralink is developing implantable brain chips that are inserted into regions of the mind that control movement. Eventually, the company wants to provide its implants to people to boost their intelligence. The aim is to create a full brain interface within 25 years. All right. Before we even continue, what do you think about this? This, I mean, it, it, it caused a stir online when this information first came out. But now that you've kind of sat on it, you've digested this information over the months, over the years, what do you think about that now? Do you think that's really where we're going to be heading? Are you pro it? Are you against it? As we have someone state here, bad idea, I think. I mean, yeah. From all the sci-fi movies I've seen, it's not the best idea out there, but it is also in our future. There is no doubt there. We are going to see this. And Elon is expecting it to happen in about 25 years. Hmm. Jedi says, where do I sign? I don't know. It's a good question. If you're interested, just tweet at Elon. Elon Musk, where can I sign up? Rose says, Google in my head would be cool. But then you would have Big Brother, right? Kind of monitoring your thoughts as well. I don't know if that's the case, but that's the first thing that came to mind when I read um, your comment, Rose. But at the same time, you have all the information at your fingertips. You might as well just be AI. You might as well just be a Borg, like in Star Trek just saying like a hive mind kind of cool kind of scary i don't know where it's gonna go i guess we'll find out in 25 years rose says i get that kurt we're on the same wavelength star trek Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Skyhawk says 25 years, I'll probably be dead. It is a while from now, but I don't know. With all the new things that are happening recently, people are really attempting to prolong their life and they're being somewhat successful. Now, the attempt, the attempting to be immortal has been a fascination for humanity for quite some time, originally starting in China. 
which that story is insane where you had the emperor taking in mercury thinking he would like live forever that's not the case we also know that jeff bezos is also looking for something to make him immortal as well all i can say is that i wish him luck because that sounds really hard to do oh my contacts just got a little blurry for a second Michael says, will it be the control of humanity? This is also another thing that we have to ask ourselves when we talk about Neuralink. Is that a possibility? Absolutely it is. It is something that we need to consider. But I don't know until it happens, right? <laughs> kind of scary. Ooh. Local shopkeeper says, starting to play God with the circle of life. Dangerous stuff. Yes, but people have been doing this for a long time, attempting to play God. It, it's not new, and if anything, we're really always attempting to push our boundaries to see how much we can control. And when it comes to this field, the mysterious, UFOs, the paranormal, anything strange, you realize so quickly how much you are actually not in control of the situation yes there are instances where you can invite these things have it be ce5 have it be seances for those that um, are into that you can control certain situations but for the most part you are not in control and the same thing goes for science you can attempt to play god and it doesn't always go as planned we've seen that time and time again Be the arrow says it's bad voodoo that Neuralink is. Kind of is. It's a bit. It's a bit spooky. But let's let me ask you this: pro or against Neuralink? Just say yes or no in the live chat. Or if you're listening um, to this after the live show, write in the comments: yes or no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to kind of. I'm gonna have to kind of say no. I, I like the idea that the original purpose of this is to help people with paralysis to use smartphones and computers. That's awesome. But to kind of push it onto everyone in 25 years, kind of no. Laura says yes, pro. Linda says yes. Jedi says yes. J. Allen Heineken says I opt out of Neuralink. Edward says yes. Atune says no. Rose says yes. Honestly, I says maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that one. Hmm. Hyde says, would I make my kids listen better? No, probably not. They'll they'll find a way to tune you out. No matter how good their hearing is or if they have hearing aids, they're gonna find a way, especially in their teen years. They will deliberately ignore. I was like that. Edward says, I like it enabling the disabled. I'm with you on that one. Joe says, no. Michael says, maybe. Yes. Okay, so we're, 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 getting, we're getting mixed feelings here. Half yes, half no. I like this. I like it. Okay, yeah. Let's move on over to our next article. This one is uh, actually really cool. And while it did take place a few years ago, an article was just written about it. Um, when I came across this, I said, let's, let's take a look at this. 
Here's an image. This is the actual person that we are going to talk about and his artwork in the background. So Burger King worker, 38 years old, by the name of Mo Hunter, fell into a coma for quite some time. After he awoke from his coma, he had all these amazing skills that he had no idea that he had prior. He began to create these amazing sculptures. He began to draw. He became so creative. But right before his coma, he didn't care about art that much. He was not a sculptor of any kind. When he would used to draw as a kid, he claimed that people would laugh at him, that he's just not a good artist. And then he comes out of this, and now he has these skills. This is nothing new. We have heard stories like this time and time again. Have it be coming out of a coma? Have it be coming out of a near-death experience? Things like this. Um, people wake up and they have these weird skills. Playing the piano. Speaking different languages. Being artistic, like Mo here. T skills that you didn't have before. Somehow, you now have. It's really interesting. Well, he had, as soon as this happened, he just suddenly discovered that he had a new profound creative flair and an inexplicable talent for drawing, painting, and model building, despite being classified as trash at art when he was in school. He's created things like life-size R2-D2 and um, a few other characters from Star Wars. He had stated, I really wasn't creative before in the slightest. In fact, people used to laugh at my drawings. I was more interested in going out, playing football and computer games. But then my doctor said that I was a walking miracle to be able to recover as quickly as I did. But when I started displaying these new artistic talents, they were just stumped. However, the doctor did say, just enjoy it. Just look, now you have these new talents. Just enjoy your life. You know, you, you, you found a new aspect to yourself. Go have fun. Now, no one has been able to give him the explanations on why this happened. But him, his doctor, and a few others have just stated, look, dude, just live your best life. Obviously, you are happy having these new talents. Keep going for it. And while I definitely do not want to go into a coma, I do not. I think it'd be kind of cool to just like one day you're sleeping and then you wake up and then all of a sudden you're like a mad chef in the kitchen or you learn that you can now speak Mandarin out of nowhere. That one I really wished I could do. Like back in school, I took Mandarin for six years. I know, right? Crazy. Yeah. I From a bunch of different schools that I could find as a child, my parents found. And I cannot speak a lick of Mandarin. I can understand it a little bit because I do watch um, certain Chinese shows. But speaking it, I'm out. I can't do it. It is really hard. But if I could just wake up one day and just be fluent, 
I would be on top of the world speaking to everyone in Mandarin or ordering, ordering my darn noodles appropriately in Mandarin with no bell peppers. I would say that as well. I don't know, even know how to say that, but I wish I could. Okay, here's my next question for you. That was in the live chat. If you could be given any skill the moment you wake up, what skill would you want to have that you do not have at all right now? Let me know. I, I want to read them. If you, if you were given one skill that you do not have today, but you could have tomorrow, what would it be? While you do that, I'm going to drink some water. Oh, Jay Allen Heineken, that one, that one hit a chord with me, buddy. I wish I was good at math. I, I feel you on that one. And I have a story that I'm not going to share here, but it's embarrassing to say how bad I am at math. Rose says, be a mind reader. Margie says, I want to fly. That'd be pretty cool. Ooh, attuned. The ability to sleep whenever I wanted. That one also hit a chord with me. Those that are new to this channel, I have insomnia. It's a big reason to why I do four shows a week because I have the time because I don't sleep. That's why I have to wear makeup because I have the, these terrible dark circles. So if I had the ability to sleep whenever I wanted, that is a superhuman power right there. Oh. <laughs> to be a wise guy. Nice. Telepathy, says Linda. Ooh, Jessica says, fly to travel the world free. Nice. Kurt, this one's funny. How to keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> mm, Tyler says to be good at maths. Yeah, coding. That's a good one, John aside. Coding is, is, is like, it's very cool. I'm not good at that either. Joe says to speak a foreign language. I, that, that one's my wish. Really is. But, but math is a reoccurring one. Music says a math whiz. Ooh, to re remote viewing. That's a good one, Linda. Losing my fear of flying. Yeah, Juan. That one can be a little bit scarier. Like heights, also kind of freaky. Freaky. Ooh. Gorgie says playing any instrument. Nice. Yeah, I'm not too good at that. Printing $100 bills, says David. That is, that's a funny one. Well, I it is so awesome to hear what you would want to have if you just woke up. James says public speaking. That one is, that one's a hard one. I'll just tell you this. You'll feel more comfortable as you go along. But yeah, the first few are really hard. The first podcast I ever did, which was also on video, um, I think I threw up before and after the show because I was so painfully nervous. Now I've done almost 200 shows. Can you believe that? We've almost done 200 shows on this channel in about a year and a half ish. Um, and I still get nervous. I still um, get kind of jittery. Um, no matter how many times I do it, public speaking is hard. It's difficult. But a little bit of practice and watching other people do it, 
It's a, li it's a little bit easier. Not that much, but a tad. <sighs> okay. There is more to this article if you do want to read it. The link will be below once this live show is over. But we are... Let's get into our next one here. We got we got Christmas. For someone that said I was a Scrooge, I forgot who that was. I have a Christmas article for you. It's kind of morbid though, so we still get to keep into the spooky season. But bring it in Christmas. Because who doesn't love Christmas? All right. I'm going to share my screen here just as a visual aid of the person that we all love, Santa Claus. Now, if you are naughty and you've ever gotten coal, you probably don't like him unless you really need a coal to keep your fireplace toasty, then he is the man. Aside from that, overall, he's decently liked. Except for this one story that I have for you. A woman was horrified to find out that her gardener, who doubled as a shopping center Santa Claus, was actually a serial killer and had buried his victims in her plant pots. Let that soak in just for a moment while I take a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. Well, the green-thumbed murderer, Bruce MacArthur, 70 years old, had been leaving disembodied bits and pieces of his victims in the plant pots of a woman without her knowing. He murdered eight men and hid their bodies inside of these plant pots that he would then rearrange. And he was preying on men of Gay Village in the Canadian city, Montreal, and got away with his horrific crimes for seven years. Dang. Yep. So his string of disturbing murders in Canada marked a series of grim trophies discovered by police after the uncover after they uncovered the chilling evidence that led to MacArthur's arrest. So Karen Fraser, the woman who gives this interview talking about she hired him to be her gardener, stated that they had no idea that they hired the Santa Claus killer. Forget Krumpus, guys. Just just throw him out the window for now. This story is real. This story is scary. Now, I do want to know more about Krumpus. Do not get me wrong. I'm, my knowledge is so limited on that elusive entity. And I'd love to love, I would love to know more. But at this point in time, this guy right here, Bruce, scarier than Krumpus at the moment. Mm -hmm. So after murdering eight people, MacArthur had developed such confidence for his sick killings, preying on those who, quote, he thought wouldn't be missed. Ugh. And we talked about this very slightly yesterday on Mysterious Disappearances, that a, a decent amount of people that go missing, not including that 1 or 2% of those really strange disappearances, but the other 98%, Sometimes it is those that people think just won't be missed. And, and that's what's really sad. It's really, really sad. Well, speaking to Karen Fraser and Rod Smith, after they had hired this landscape gardener, they mentioned that Bruce, the gardener slash 
Santa Claus killer, um, kept some of the equipment on their property. And not just on their property, but all the other people that he would do, you know, landscape gardening for as well. And here's the crazy thing. He used to sit and eat lunch with the plant pots around him. Now, again, remember, he used to put little bits and pieces of people in those plant pots. That cannot be more morbid. You're just, you know, you're having a good time. You're eating your lunch. You're like, I'm going to place you, Dan, here. Jessica, you're going to be here. Greg, you're going to be here. Let's all enjoy lunch together. That's pretty gross. Pretty gross. And if we just kind of do the math, he did eight um, killings in seven years. That's a, that's a teeny bit more than one year. Hmm. Sunspot says, we live among monsters. Yeah, and something, this is something that I've said to quite a few uh, paranormal investigators. Should we fear the living or should we fear the dead? And it's the living because they can actually physically hurt you in any possible way. The dead, eh, not so much. Yes, there are some, you know, certain situations where they can kind of like poke you or, you know, like scratch marks, but they, don't, they can't actually kill you. Of course, it can be a little bit more dramatic for some people, but it is the living that every single time you get out of the house, there could be a potential threat going on out there. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary. Right, Jedi? The living is way more terrifying. Yeah, it is. It is. Hmm. Well, so we, we got into the Christmas season, but... Uh, keeping it kind of spooky. Now, he was jailed in 2019 after pleading guilty to eight charges of first-degree murder. So this is, a, this, this is a slightly older story, but it is one that was just written about that I came across and I said, we're covering it today. It's freaky. And what is this? This is weekly strange news. This is a strange story. That's why we're covering it. But let's continue on a more high notes. And I have another UFO sighting for you. It took place a few months ago, but it was just written about. So I, let me move this one second. Let me kind of clean some stuff up while we're here. This image is just a visual aid while I go ahead and read you this UFO sighting. So a Michigan witness at Wayne like Wayne County, reported watching a rectangle-shaped object about 100 feet above the treetops at 3.20 a.m. on April 22, 2022, according to a testimony from the National UFO Reporting Center, also known as New Fork. <laughs> Excuse me. The testimony states, it came from the southeast, over the railroad tracks, and over the church. I was walking my dog for a late-night walk behind the church in my subdivision. But then, the witness's dog seemed to notice the object first. And the testimony continues. I felt pressure and rumbling, and my 120-pound American bulldog got between my legs. It came over the trees, about 100 feet over the maples, and it was pitch black with no lights at all, and it was, and it 
took almost a full minute to pass over. So the witness decided to shine a flashlight on the object, stating, I had a high powered lumen flashlight. And as it passed me, I shined the beam at the back of the object and nothing was there except what looked like heat waves. And then it was gone. Hmm. When it comes to a few articles that we've, a few stories that we've come across um, from New Fork, there are quite a few accounts where people that have seen objects recently, let's say in the last year, they're witnessing a type of like heat wave-ish kind of thing around these UFOs. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's extraterrestrial? Do you think it's man-made, made here right on Earth or something else? What is, is this like a type of force field? Is it just because the object is creating a lot of heat to be able to hover, right? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I would love to know. Let me know in the live chat or in the comments below. James, thank you so much for the super sticker and supporting the RV fund. Thank you. So let's let's hear what you have to say before we go ahead and continue. You're right, Hides. Thanks. Jessica, thank you so much as always, for the super sticker and for supporting the RV equipment fund and obviously the ramen fund as well. We got to have ramen, which I bought some kind of yummy looking ramen. I haven't tried it yet. Like a little cup noodle. But my favorite ones right now, because I've had this question a few times, Christina, what is your favorite like ramen flavored? Well, I do love spicy food. Um, I really actually like the cup noodle flavor um curry the curry flavored one it's so savory ah it's so delicious that one is currently currently and that could change but right now it's my favorite one that i can probably have like four or five a day which is really not good for me i know i've been told that so many times but i'm in college and i'm really trying to save up for an rv so i do not mind doing you know eating ramen for like next year or so so let's let's see um what you guys think about these heat waves type of explanations when it comes to ufos j allen heineken we need a ramen review channel i have some ideas you would just just hold on to that j allen heineken oh tom yum soup gully is delicious Tom yum, but also Tom Ka soup. I know with Tom Ka, you do not put noodles in that, but oh, so good. So good. Mm, Hyde says the wavy lines might be radar cloaking, uh, but we couldn't see it. Hmm. It could be. And, 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 and that's why I really like asking you guys this question because it opens my mind to things that I haven't considered before because. As many of you know, I'm still very new to the field. I am trying to bring this conversation to my generation to get them interested in the topic, but also to ask the big questions. And so, no, I haven't been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years. I'm still, I have stacks of books on my desk of everything that I need to read just to catch up with 
my peers in the field. But to hear everyone else's thoughts, it's not only helpful to me, but it's also helpful to all the other viewers and listeners as well to hear what you have to say about these things. Well, we are, we got a, we got a good 20 minutes-ish left. I have another story for you. While everyone um, tells me, oh, I'm going to save that one for last. I didn't mean to show you that one, but that one's kind of going to be our last one. But this one, we got a few morbid stories going on today. It's strange. It's bizarre. And this next one, um, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. What are we looking at here? This is only a visual aid for the story. And it's very, this picture is very appropriate for our image, for our story today. So a nurse allegedly amputated a patient's foot without permission and hoped to have it taxidermied and displayed to children as a warning to wear your boots. What? Well, Wisconsin police allege that Mary Kay Brown amputated a foot from a 60-year-old man who resides in the Pierce County Wisconsin Hospice Care Center that she worked at. He had fallen uh, he had fallen in his home and the and then the heat went out causing his feet to become frostbitten. So according to a criminal complaint, a nurse described the feet as being foul smelling only being held on by bits of skin and several white tendons. Yeah. And almost being black like a mummy as well. So according to one of the nurses interviewed in the criminal complaint, Brown was changing the bandages on the man's foot, and she remarked on why the foot was still there. Brown, despite not having an order from the doctor, allegedly then made the decision to amputate the foot. The amputation was not done in secret as several nurses were there to aid Brown and comfort the victim as well. Well, to do this, because uh, they just used gauze scissors to cut through the skin and the last few tendons to go ahead and remove this foot. Uh-huh. Now this, while this sounds really awful, um, and this is pretty, it's a pretty extreme story, but for those that are in hospices, um, it's not, it's not always safe. There have been alleged testings on the elderly that are in in certain people's care and it's really unfortunate but it's these aren't necessarily rare stories now this one about just doing an amputation yeah that one's a bit spooky you're not usually going to catch that in the media but as for like other types of testing it happens in 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 these hospices very sad so and i'm not gonna read this one too much in detail because it, it is a little bit um, gruesome. If you do want to read the article, once again, the link is below once this live show is over. But what Brown allegedly did afterward was she put it in a Ziploc bag and then she put it in the freezer because once again, she stated that she wanted it to be taxidermied to tell children to wear their boots. So she was like attempting to give them a moral lesson, but 
this in itself is not moral at all. It's actually disgusting. It is disgusting. She will next appear in court on December 6th. Not too long from now. We will see what happens. Because in this article that was written by Vice.com, it just states allegedly time and time again. So we will see what happens in court for her on December 6th, 2022 to see if she's found guilty or innocent. Freaky story. Mm. I have another. I have another UFO sighting for you today. We got got a lot of UFO sightings, which I'm very happy about. Because that's how I got into all of this originally was UFOs. So I wanted to represent that. But also, when I did a poll a few weeks back, a lot of you wanted to see more UFO sightings. So I am providing what you asked for. Hyde says, gauze clippers could take off a foot. This is true. They are they are kind of spooky. Jedi says, these people are out of their minds. Uh, people are sick. Fear of the living, not the dead. It's the living you should be scared of. Well, this is another visual aid. We've already seen this image. But while I read it, it gives you something to look at. Mm. drinking some co- coffee it's like it's, co- it's like temperate Te- mm. it's like lukewarm and that is such a terrible temperature for coffee it either needs to be hot or it needs to be icy cold but when it's like room temperature oh no that that was gross or it's gonna suck to some water now all right let's read this next ufo case so a virginia witness reported watching a silent chevron shaped object rising up from behind nearby trees and gradually drift away until it moved at a very high speed at about 8 56 p.m on may 28 2022 According to New Fork, the testimony states, I was detailing my car in my front yard facing north. It was a clear night after days of overcast skies and rain. My teen daughter came out to talk with me while I was wrapping things up, and I saw a light rise up over the tree line in front of me in the distance engulfed in a glowing aura. We're seeing that again. He states, I exclaimed to my daughter, Oh, look. What do you think that is? And she turned around to look with me and we watched the craft or light. The witness then kind of described the object, stating, It had a gold and white aura with a red glow in the front of what seemed to resemble an inverted chevron shape. The chevron wasn't visible until it gained altitude and decreased its illumination. It increased speed and illumination while gaining altitude. It then de-illuminated, but was still visible to the naked eye due to the sunlight slightly still in the western sky. The witness said that the object then traveled across the sky from north to east. 
it moved in the direction of the Norfolk International Airport and then changed direction away from us going east super fast, a supersonic speed towards the horizon in the direction of the ocean front, all still with no sound at all. What I thought was a firework at first just totally blew our minds. I have been on the New Fork website. There are only a handful of reports that are as detailed as this one. The person that wrote this testimony did a brilliant job on explaining how, kind of giving an example of how fast it was going, where it was going, what it was close to, in this case, the international airport in Virginia. And usually when you read a good amount of sighting reports, have it be on New Fork or MUFON, or if you kind of like see UFO sightings on YouTube as well, it's like one sentence. The location, maybe the date if you're lucky, and if you're extra lucky, a time period of when it happened. But the detail to this one, I just want to give this person a round of applause. Did a great job. And it's only a handful that are like this one. Really interesting. But we see it again with this story. You, He witnessed a glowing type aura or a heat type wave around this craft. What is going on here? What are your thoughts on this? I'd like to know. Hyde says, I could just listen to Christina read UFO reports. Soothing. Thank you. I'm, I am I am trying to, to read better for sure and trying to kind of feel my, my vibe when doing shows. Jimmy made mention that the more shows that you do, you'll kind of just find that that vibe that fits best with you. And if you notice in my first few shows on this channel or on this podcast, depending what platform you're using, you'll notice in my voice the kind of like rigidness and stuttering versus now where it's become a little bit easier. And a big reason to that is one practice doing almost 200 shows, but also being more knowledgeable in the topic as well, where I'm kind of able to ad lib more so than a year ago. Thanks, James. I appreciate you. UFO ASMR. I actually do not understand ASMR at all. I mean, I know what it is. I just don't get it. It's 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 trendy right now. It's a very trendy. Um, but I I don't I don't really get it. But for those that are into it, hey, more power to you. Well, we only got a few minutes left. I have one more for you, and there's actually a video involved with this one. Give me a moment. The Guinness World Records um, always has the weirdest records broken. Ones that I never even considered to be record mentioning, record breaking. This person right here, by the name of Sunny, quotation marks, Molina. He's a surgical nurse with 20 years of experience. And he did the world record of putting on 509 lanyards successfully 
breaking the record. Let's take a look at this video. There is audio to this one. Um, I don't have my headphones and it makes me feel very uncomfortable not having headphones on. But here it is. Let's hold on. Let's take a look. So here, here he goes. He's putting on 509 lanyards. Now at this point, he looks kind of funny looking. I'm not going to lie. He looks very comical. Here he goes. 509. And he did it. Woo! <laughs> um, this, it's a very short video. You can find it on the Guinness World Record Instagram. Um, there's a bunch of actually really cool reels that they post on there of some of the weirdest records that you can find, you'll find it there. Well, not only was he attempting to break a world record of 509 lanyards, which if you want to break this record, just put on 510. But it was also, he was also attempting to raise money for the nonprofit group Souls for Souls, like shoe souls for souls, like your soul which I found kind of nice, but he's, this is not the only record that he's broken. Oh no. He also has broken records for fastest distance walking barefoot on Lego bricks. Whew. And also the largest collection of tiny packets of salt and pepper. I'm not sure where you would store tiny packets of salt and pepper, like the ones that you get from restaurants or like, you know, when you, um, like pick up your food but like pick up right and they put like little packets of salt and pepper he collects those and he has the biggest collection in the world but the whole like walking barefoot on lego bricks that's a punishment right there oh eee, it's kind of freaky if you ask me but he did it and you know what rock on to him who wants to do that to break a record Go you. I was that I was that kid in school. And me and a few others. We would always go to the library and grab those world record books, the Guinness World Record books from whatever year they had it in the library onto their newest one. And whenever they would get the newest one, like for the new year, I could never get it for like several months. <sighs> Disappointing. But going through those as a child. I was like, ah, oh, you know, being weird is awesome. It's so cool. And then you walk to class and you're weird and they're not for it. It is not, it's not a pro thing. It is now, especially in this community right here that we have created together. A lot of us are very strange, very weird, also very mysterious. And it is so greatly accepted. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this community and to receive the support that so many of you have given me. And so I want to say thank you to every single one of you that watches and listens to this content. For the Guinness World Record, um, which story have you come across or which record have you come across that was just kind of, that always really stuck with you? For me, since I was a tiny little muffin, the lady with the longest nails, well, as we know a few weeks back, that lady with the longest nails is now a different lady <laughs> with the longest nails. And their names escape me. But if you know who I'm talking about, she's kind of like old. She had white hair. She was in the book every single year. She had the longest nails. Well, this year it changed. And um, I'm just thinking, I don't know how they can, how they have like 
the discipline for that. I can barely just keep regular sized nails, let alone like super long ones. Nah, I'm going to pass on that one. Oh my gosh, Margie. I worked in my high school library and we had no computers, only card catalogs. I also worked in my high school library. My best friend at the time was actually the librarian who was in her 50s or 60s. And actually, nobody um, borrowed books at that time. They just used the computers and they just used the printers there for their classes. But I read the books. That's all that matters. Yeah. But which, which case was your favorite? Let me know. Let me know. I'm trying to read the comments, but it's kind of hard to like read them and also speak at the same time. But, oh my gosh. Kurt says, jumping out of a plane without a chute landing into a net. No, that is, that is too daredevilish for me. That one is scary. <sighs> no, thank you. Mm -mm, gonna pass on that one. Well, Matt, those are all of the articles that we have today. Thank you so much to everyone watching this show live. On Tuesday, for Shifting the Paradigm, I have Michelle Hamilton, who is a um, paranormal investigator, but also has a real interest with the Civil War. So we go ahead and talk about ghosts from the Civil War. Really fascinating conversation. Please like this video or podcast before you head out. Be safe. And remember, keep your eyes on the skies. And thank you for everyone that stopped by. I appreciate all of you. Hey, wonderful listener. This is Christina. If you love these podcasts, please make sure to rate each episode, leave a review and subscribe on the app or platform you listen in on and share with others. It really is a great way to support my work and helps so much. Also, if you want to watch the video of the show, the link to my YouTube channel is below.